Play and Review, Tim Speaking to the Blind, celebrating 40 years of audio newspaper production. Welcome to this week's edition of the Duckintill Herald Podcast, recorded at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre by our amazing volunteers. You can get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram using at Tune Review. That is at symbol C-U-E-A-N-E-R-E-V-I-E-W. You can also contact us directly by emailing information at tunereview.com. That is I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at symbol C-U-E-A-N-E-R-E-V-I-E-W dot C-O-M. Or by calling 0141-772-3976. That's 0141-772-3976. This week's podcast, published on the 25th of October 2023, is read by Alan, Hunter, Ian and Rebecca. Cosy Fund for Winter Eastern Bartonshire Council has created a fund to help keep communities connected this winter and it is hoped there will be a warm welcome for the latest initiative to keep people cosy during the winter months. EDC has launched Winter Connections, a programme offering funding, support and information and is coordinating and supporting a network of local places and spaces where people can attend events, try activities and meet up with others. Funding applications are being invited from not-for-profit voluntary and community organisations and venues with grants up to £1,500 available to help cover additional costs associated with individual projects. Applications will be accepted until all the available funding has been allocated. To apply or find out more information, including guidance and eligibility, visit www.easternbarton.gov.uk slash winter hyphen connections. EDC leader Gordon Lowe said, Living costs continue to be a challenge for everyone. So it is vital that we do all we can, working with our partners to ease the burden as much as possible. That's why the Council is providing an additional package of support worth £1.9 million, following the £2.1 million which was allocated in 2022. We want Winter Connections activities and venues to be available in every community in Eastern Bartonshire. We would particularly welcome applications for projects which will be available during the festive period. He continued. As well as funding, we aim to provide the latest information on what is taking place in local areas via the council website and social media channels. Support from the Winter Connections Fund can be used to cover a range of project slash activity costs. These include associated equipment, food, energy bills, venue hire, cleaning and staffing. Remember, you can apply and find out more information on funding, including guidance and eligibility, about the scheme by visiting the Council's website at www.easternbarton.gov.uk winter connections. This Week in History, read to you by me, Ian. October 26, 1950. The rebuilt chamber of the House of Commons was opened by King George VI 
having been destroyed by bombing in 1941. On this day last year, the King appeared on a special edition of the repair shop and labelled the lack of vocational education in schools a great tragedy. October 27, 1782, Niccolo Paganini, virtuoso Italian violinist and composer, was born in Genoa. On this day last year, a British research ship set sail on a 9,000 mile expedition to the South Atlantic Ocean to survey previously unexplored depth and search for unknown species. October 28, 1971, the House of Commons voted in favour of Britain entering the common market by a majority of 112. On this day last year, the Royal Mint started manufacturing the first circulating coins featuring the portrait of the King at a plant in Ponticlun, South Wales. October 29, 1986 The final section of the M25 around London was opened. On this day last year, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame paid tribute to Jerry Lee Lewis and his Rock and Roll Swagger after the musician died aged 87. October the 30th, 1925. In his workshop in London, John Logie Beard achieved the first television pictures using a dummy's head. Charity's Warning Crime Stoppers is warning families not to short-circuit safety for a bargain when buying knock-off toys and electronics. With Christmas fast approaching, the charity is warning not to put children or yourself at risk by buying fake toys or electronics in a new campaign. You may think you are being money savvy and getting a good deal. However, more than 80% of counterfeit products tested by the government recently failed safety checks. Fake toys often contain toxic chemicals and are typically made from low quality materials, which can have loose parts or sharp edges. Counterfeit electronics are prone to overheating, catching fire, giving electronic shocks and exploding. When you buy these hazardous subpar goods, you are not only putting the health of your loved ones and yourself at risk, but you are also unknowingly supporting illegal and criminal activities such as child labour, human trafficking and organised serious crime. David Crawley, Crime Stoppers Director of Business, Growth and Fundraising, said... We know that at first glance, fake toys and electronics may look similar to the genuine products and you may think you are buying what appears to be a good bargain. The reality is far from the truth. If something seems too good to be true, it most likely is not. Genuine products always undergo rigorous testing to ensure they are safe to, uh, to use. Counterfeit goods do not, and when you buy these products, you are putting your loved ones and yourself at serious risk and you are unknowingly supporting criminal activity. When you spot the warning signs for fake products, or if you know who may be involved in selling and sourcing these items, protect yourselves and those close to you by telling Crime Stoppers what you know, 100% anonymously. Our charity has kept its promise of anonymity for over three decades and exists to ensure that everyone is empowered to speak up and stop crime, safe in the knowledge that we never know your identity. Complete an anonymous online form at the Crime Stoppers website or call free phone 0800 555 111. That's 0800 
555 111 247. Read by Alan Todd. Charity's Purpose as recorded by Hunter MacDonald. Crime Stoppers is an independent charity that gives people the power to speak up and stop crime 100% anonymously. In 2022, it received over half a million pieces of information online and by phone, sending over 196,000 pieces of information to the police, with over 1.3 million people visiting the website. The charity believes everyone has the right to feel safe from crime, no matter where they live or work, and offer a 24-7 service either on the phone or online. It is not part of the police but an independent charity, so people with information who do not want to deal directly with the police can give information safe in the knowledge they will remain 100% anonymous guaranteed. A single murder investigation can cost up to £1 million, so the charity can save hours of police time and public money. How you can spot fake goods easily Do you know who is sourcing and selling fake goods in your area? If you do, you can tell Crime Stoppers what you know and remain 100% anonymous guaranteed. No one will ever know that you got in touch with the charity, which is independent of the police. How to spot fake toys and electronics Low price, an incredibly low price, is the most common giveaway. If it looks too good to be true, that is because it probably is. Safety label. Check for the UK Conformity Assessed, UKCA or CE, Conformity European, Safety Certification Label. If if you cannot see this, it is highly likely that the product is fake. Product listing. Does the product listing use low quality imaging? Are there spelling mistakes? Look at reviews. Read through reviews of the seller and the products they sell. Check to see if they have a track record of selling toys or electronics. If not, be wary. Age labelling and warnings on toys. Ensure that the labelling of the toy is appropriate for the age of the child that it is for. Also, check for relevant warnings. For example, toys for babies should clearly state not suitable for under threes. Packaging. Look at the packaging. Does it look genuine? Is the spelling correct? Are there warnings and labels in the correct language? Woodland View officially opened. Pupils, teachers, parents, counsellors and invited guests join Eastern Bartonshire's provost Gillian Rennick to celebrate the official opening of the new Woodland View School. The 34.9 million building is situated in Waterside, Kirkintilloch and replaces Campsie View in Merton Schools. The children and young people aged 2 to 18 are now being taught together in the state-of-the-art facility designed to be both practical and stimulating for pupils with a broad range of additional support needs. Provost Rennick, with the help of pupils Barzi and Lisa, unveiled the plaque to officially open the fabulous building during a ceremony filled with music and celebration. She said it is hard to believe Woodland View only opened its doors to pupils in August, Already there is a wonderful feeling of warmth and community within this new school. 
In just a couple of short months, the pupils, teachers and staff have been getting familiar with the new surroundings and enjoying all it has to offer whilst building a new school community. New friendships have been forged and there is a tangible sense of identity and pride in Woodland View already. The fantastic new building is both practical and stimulating for pupils. It features lots of open spaces and a magnificent sensory trail leading from the ground to first floor. It was an honour to officially open Woodland View and I wish all involved every success in the new accommodation. Will you tackle the hottest curry? M&S are encouraging Eastern Bartonshire customers to spice up their dinner routine and they've released their hottest ever curry to help. Their fiery hot chicken tikka masala is made using the fiery naga chilli tipped as the hottest chilli in the world. But that's not the only thing that gives the curry a kick. With blended red chillies, chilli pepper, green chilli, cashmere chilli powder and chilli extract all used to keep the home fire burning. So, with National Curry Week in the rear view mirror, M&S are urging customers to head to their local stores in Bishop Briggs and Mulgai to take on the challenge. Have you got what it takes? Local Lads Piping Hopes Ten of the world's greatest Soho pipers are set to compete in this year's Glenfiddich Piping Championship, which celebrates its 50th edition at the spectacular Blair Castle this weekend. And that includes two gentlemen from Eastern Bartonshire. Bearsden's Willie McCallum and Mulgay's Finlay Johnson are among the pipers hoping to scoop top prize, with Willie looking to defend his title. They'll face it off against Callum, Callum Beaumont from Dollar, Angus McCall of Baderloch, Nova Scotia Pipers Alex Gandy and Bruce Gandy, Edinburgh's Alistair Henderson, Innes Smith from Glasgow, Fred Morrison of Bishopton and Jack Lee from British Columbia. This year's competitors were once again chosen from the list of qualifying events, with Willie the overall winner of the 2022 Glenfiddich Piping Championship. Callum Beaumont won the class for senior Pyabrichid. I'm sorry, that's obviously in Gaelic, and my Gaelic is not good. And the former winners MSR at the Northern Meeting, where Innes Smith was the gold medal winner, and Finlay Johnson took second in the former winners' march, Strathbay and Real. Angus McCall was the senior Pio Barachiad winner at their Gelshire gathering with Alexander winning the former winner's march, Strathbay and Rio, Alistair Henderson taking the gold medal, and Jack Lee taking the second place in the former winner's march, Strathbay and Rio at the same event. At the Scottish Pipers Society of London competition, Fred Morrison was named overall champion, while Bruce Gandy was awarded the Battle Gorn, as well as winning the Piping Live Master Solo Piping Competition overall prize. The Pipers will play in both the Pure Barakid and March, Strathbay and Real disciplines, with prizes awarded for each discipline, as well as an overall championship winner. The judges for the, day, for the day will be Murray Henderson, Bob Worrell and Jack Taylor. For the Parabachad section, again pardon my Gaelic, and Ian Duncan, 
Ian McClellan and PM James Banks will judge the march, Strathbay and Rio. Fear Antigue, Master of Ceremonies, will be John Wilson. For more information, head to www.thepipingcentre.co.uk slash Glenfiddich. That's www.thepipingcentre.co.uk slash G-L-E-N-F-I-D-D-I-C-H Creative groups make a difference. In the heart of Eastern Barbershire, there's a local crafting queen who has been weaving the threads of community for over four decades. Nan Middleton has been a driving force in the area for nearly 45 years. Her journey began in 1978 with further education and classes in Mogai, teaching a modern version of the Victorian art of 3D decoupage. Since then, she has been using her passion for crafting to connect, heal and inspire. Now based in Bishop Briggs, Brackenbury House is the home of the Scottish charity Creative Care and has become a haven for crafting enthusiasts and those seeking the multiple health benefits of their artistic pursuit. This hub, unique in its focus on 3D decoupage, welcomes everyone with open arms, providing a warm and welcoming space for individuals of all ages and abilities. What sets Creative Care apart is its all-volunteer structure. Nan told us, What makes us different is that we don't have any paid employees. People share their talents and crafts freely and everyone mucks in. This spirit of camaraderie and shared creativity has become a lifeline for those dealing with health issues and stress. Crafting, especially the intricate work of decoupage, demands a state of calm and focus, allowing participants to unwind and find solace in their craft. Their Scottish charity Creative Care, established in 1999, initially bore the title of the Scottish School of 3D Decoupage. Nan and her team at Creative Care have gained fame for their mastery of 3D decoupage, an art form that involves layering paper to create captivating three-dimensional effects. Alongside 3D decoupage, the hub offers a diverse range of paper crafting classes, from stitching crafts, parchment and iris folding. When Mulgai Town Hall closed its doors to the group in 2010, there were concerns about continuing to teach these valuable skills. However, Eastern Bartonshire Council stepped in to offer a long lease rent free, eh, long lease rent for Brackenbury House, securing its future as a community hub with accessibility for all. Brackenbury House is a treasure trove of craft materials and has earned a reputation as the best kept secret in Eastern Bartonshire. People travel from miles away to attend craft classes, some of which cater specifically to adults with special needs. These classes not only provide creative fulfilment, but also a hearty bowl of homemade soup, rolls and the occasional slice of cake. The oldest member, at over 88 years old, exemplifies the hub's inclusivity. Nan added, Our crafting residentials are very popular. When you take people away for a week or weekend, you are totally relaxed and you chill out. They work on a craft project and see much, see so much satisfaction from what they make. Creative Care's journey continues with the Creative Craft Show in Glasgow from October 26th to 29th. Running alongside the show is simply Christmas. 
With all things festive, visitors can discover talented, independent makers offering handcrafted glassware, toys, ceramics, pottery, jewellery, woodwork, Christmas accessories and more. For tickets and details, head to the Creative Craft Show website. Local councillor up for national award. An East Dumbartonshire Council councillor is in running for a national award. Councillor Duncan Cumming has been shortlisted for the 2023 LGIU Scotland and CCLA Annual Councillor Awards for Community Champion in a selection that represents some of the most dedicated elected representatives in Scotland. Duncan was shortlisted for Community Champion for his work retaining and improving public transport provision in his community, having successfully campaigned for additional bus routes. The winners in Scotland will be announced at a special ceremony in the City Chambers in Edinburgh at 7pm on November the 21st. The Councillor Awards judging panel is made up of senior councillors and leading stakeholders from across the sector. These are the only national awards to celebrate and showcase the work of individual councillors. This year's awards are made possible thanks to the generous support of founding partners CCLA. Commentating in this year's awards, Jonathan Carr-West, Chief Executive of LGIU Scotland, said, In the face of unprecedented domestic and global challenges over the last year, Councillors nationwide have once again exhibited unwavering dedication to serving their constituents. The shortlist for the 2023 awards represents some of the most devoted elected representatives in Scotland. As councils continue to deliver essential services, like social care and housing, amid a cost of living crisis, these awards are a huge important way to champion what councillors do locally. Their work, all too often, goes unrecognised and we take great pride in featuring their stories in this year's shortlist. Congratulations to all the councillors nominated and shortlisted, and I look forward to announcing the winners in November, he added. Competition was extremely tight for this year's awards, with more than 300 nominations received across five categories that celebrate the wide-ranging work of councillors. The categories which are up for grabs this year include Community Champion, Leader of the Year, Young Councillor of the Year, Resilience Champion and Lifetime Legend. A deadline looming. Self-assessment customers have less than 100 days to submit their tax return ahead of the deadline on January the 31st next year. And with the clock ticking down, customers can find various types of help from webinars to step-by-step guides at the click of a mouse. Anyone who needs support to complete the return for the 2022-2023 to tax year can access the online help available on gov.uk. It explains how to access HMRC services and ask for help without having to call us. Completing a tax return sooner means that customers can find out what they owe and can work out how to pay between now and the deadline. Anyone no longer needing to complete a tax return should tell HMRC as soon as possible to avoid any penalties. More information at gov.uk Funding to keep your home warm The Scottish Government is calling on homeowners to get in touch with Home Energy Scotland 
to find out if they are eligible for funding to help make their homes warmer for less. Up to £10,000 worth of home improvements may be available to homeowners who are currently in receipt of income-related financial support. The Warmer Homes Scotland programme, WHS, which is funded by the Scottish Government and delivered by Warmworks, has relaunched and is offering funding and support to households struggling to stay warm and keep on top of energy bills. The funding provided is delivered as energy efficiency home improvements such as wall and loft insulation, draft proofing and climate friendly heating. For those who are eligible, the energy efficient home improvements could help lower energy bills and also make your home warmer and cosier for free. During the 2022-23 WHS, which came to an end in March of this year, Almost 5,500 homes benefited from the funding across Scotland, and specifically in North Lanarkshire, 374 households benefited. Homeowners can access the programme by contacting Home Energy Scotland, HES, with the selected improvements dependent on a survey of the home being carried out to ensure the proposed changes are tailored to the home's needs. Commenting, Harry Mears, head of HES, said, We all know winter can be tough in Scotland, but homeowners have the opportunity to act to help to reduce their energy bills and make their homes warmer. We're encouraging homeowners to get in touch with the HES team for free. Impartial advice to check their eligibility for grants and see what energy efficient changes can be made to their home. The improvements really can make a difference, completely changing the energy efficiency of a home. The result and benefits so many households have experienced show that getting in touch with HES is a positive move. For more information, contact HES on 0808-808-2282 or use the self-assessment tool in the website and one of the advisors will be in touch www.homeenergyscotland.org forward slash warmer dash home Historic Environment Scotland seeks readers views Buildings at Risk Survey Readers have been asked to have their say on the Buildings at Risk Register a tool that seeks to identify and secure a sustainable future for buildings at risk in Scotland. Maintained by Historic Environment Scotland, HES, the register provides information on historic buildings at risk, including those that are vacant, suffering neglect or threatened with demolition. Just under 2,200 buildings are currently on the register, including churches, pubs, castles, stately homes and buildings, many listed for their significance. HES is carrying out a survey to engage individuals, organisations, communities and professionals who have an interest in reuse of historic buildings at risk. Philip Robertson from HES said, The register is intended for use by anyone with an interest in bringing buildings back into use. That includes property developers, heritage organisations, investors, architects and individuals with an interest in renovating, 
repurposing or saving these buildings. We want to further understand who uses the register and how they use it. The Buildings at Risk Register was established in 1990 in response to the growing concern over vacant listed buildings and those in conservation areas that had fallen into disrepair. Philip added, Reuse and regeneration of buildings at risk is a sustainable approach and it helps to contribute to successful placemaking and economic regeneration. We are keen to hear from community groups and others who are working to refurbish buildings at risk and to put them to good use. We wanted to hear how useful the register is for this purpose. Anyone who cares about how our countryside, towns and cities look and how they prosper should take part in our survey. It is important we learn about the use of the register as this will help us to understand how best to encourage the repair and reuse of heritage buildings at risk across Scotland. A leading research agency in the heritage sector, Harlow Consulting, is leading on the extensive survey. The firm will also make evidence-based recommendations from the study that will inform long-term decisions about, about this resource by each year and how best to bring buildings at risk back into use. Jennifer Brennan, Harlow Consulting Director, said, As well as estate agents, architects, heritage groups, developers, housing associations and local authorities, we want to hear from all voices, including the public. We know that many people really care about heritage buildings in their communities and that are vacant or falling into disrepair. Jennifer added, Together, we can make a significant impact and save more buildings at risk. Participants will have the opportunity to contribute their expertise and opinions. To take part in the survey, please visit www.harlowconsulting.welcomesyourfeedback.net slash buildings hyphen at hyphen risk hyphen register. 300 are in its care. Historic Environment Scotland is the lead public body for Scotland's historical environment, a charity dedicated to the advancement of heritage, culture, education and environmental protection. It is at the forefront of researching and understanding the historic environment and addressing the impacts of the climate change on its future, investigating and recording architectural and archaeological sites and landscapes across Scotland and caring for more than 300 properties of national importance. It also maintains the Buildings at Risk Register. You can find out more about the register on the website www.buildingsatrisk.org.uk Winter heating payment. Time to have your say. Views are being sought on the introduction of the Pension Age Winter Heating Payment, a new benefit to replace the UK Government's winter fuel payment in Scotland. The Scottish Government is previously committed to delivering the new payment on a like-for-like basis with the existing benefit. It will help more than a million pensioners with heating costs in the winter. The consultation document sets out proposals for implementing the new payment when it is introduced from the winter of 2024 and asks for responses, which can be submitted until the 15th of January. The public's views on issues such as who should be eligible, the timing and format of the payment and the likely impact of the benefit are being sought 
as well as further evidence about issues specific to people who are off the gas grid. Social Justice Secretary Shirley Ann Somerville said, Pension Age Winter Heating Payment will seek to safely and securely transfer responsibility for the delivery of winter fuel payment to the Scottish Government, ensuring that more than a million pensioners currently eligible for winter fuel payment continue to receive this support. This will be an investment of around £180 million in 2024-25 to help older people with the costs of heating their homes in the winter. Working with individuals and organisations with experience of the benefit system is central to our approach to developing the devolved social security system. We are now looking for the public's views, as well as those of relevant experts and organisations, through this consultation to finalise our policy on this important benefit. Pension Age Winter Heating Payment will provide an annual payment to pensioners to help with heating costs in the winter. The intention is that, when it is introduced, the payment will have the same eligibility criteria and payments as winter fuel payment. The consultation lays out the Scottish Government's intention to deliver a like-for-like benefit at a cost of around £180 million in winter 2024-25. To have your say, visit www.consult.gov.scot slash social hyphen security slash pension hyphen age hyphen winter hyphen heating hyphen payment Awarding our trades Tradespeople and builders across Scotland who are working towards a more sustainable future are being urged by National Builders Merchant Juicing to enter the inaugural Making Better Homes Awards. Jusin launched the Free to Enter Awards to celebrate those in the industry who are working hard to create homes that are more energy efficient and comfortable. There are three categories. Best use of renewable energy in a project, best building fabric in a project, and best sustainable project of the year. Matthew Handley from Jusin said, The awards recognise those who improve the day-to-day lives of their customers as well as build properties that are sustainable and comfortable. Entries can be made until the end of November at the Juicing website with winners receiving a £1,000 prize. Lake Financial Pictures, painted by our carers. A new report published by Carers Scotland lays bare the financial impact of caring and paints a bleak picture for Scotland's 800,000 unpaid carers. State of Caring in Scotland, the financial impact of caring in 2023 presents the results of a survey of over 1,770 unpaid carers. Those in receipt of carers' allowance, the main benefit for unpaid carers, have been hit particularly hard by the cost of living crisis. Four in ten said they were struggling to make ends meet and had to cut their expenses to the bone and were falling into debt and arrears. The number of unpaid carers on carers' allowance cutting back on essentials continues to grow, more than doubling since 2021. Today, 44% of those carers are cutting back on food and heating versus 22% just two years ago. This has led to one in six carers on benefit being forced to visit food banks. 
Worryingly, the level of rent or mortgage arrears has also rocketed for all carers, with one in six struggling to meet these costs. With carers' ability to increase their incomes restricted by their responsibilities, many reported fears of losing their homes. Richard Mead, Carers Scotland Director, said, This year's state of caring lays bare the devastating financial impact of caring in a cost-of-living crisis on Scotland's 800,000 unpaid carers. Carers have told us about the significant poverty they experience with rising costs, limited incomes and impossible choices they face just to make ends meet. Substantial numbers of unpaid carers are floundering and can see no end to the current financial storm. Governments and public authorities must act now, not just to prevent further crisis, but to give unpaid carers any hope of a brighter future. Carers Scotland have produced a series of recommendations, including urging that hardship fund funding should be paid, made available this winter to help protect carers. It is also urging the Scottish Government to move forward with the introduction of the Carers Support Payment, which will replace Carers Allowance in Scotland. This will, for the first time, allow carers who are in full-time education to receive the benefit, but the charity is calling for a clear timeline to be laid out. The findings come from the first in a series of three reports produced by Carers Scotland, exploring key findings from its annual State of Caring Scotland survey, conducted between June and August this year, and completed by 1,771 unpaid carers across the country. Carers' allowance is currently the main benefit for unpaid carers. It is worth just £76.75 a week, for a minimum of 35 hours of of carer per week. Carers in Scotland also receive a twice-per-year lump sum called Carers Allowance Supplement, worth £541 per annum. However, the qualifying rules are complex and only 10% of unpaid carers receive this support. Carers' allowance will be replaced by Carers' Support Payment in Scotland, administered by the Social Security Scotland. It will be piloted from November 19th in Dundee, the Western Isles and Perth. Nearly one in seven people in Scotland are unpaid carers, saving the Scottish economy £13.1 every year. Family Announcements Deaths. Visit Gladys peacefully at Springfield Care Home on Saturday, October the 14th, 2023. Gladys, much love wife of Alex, dear mum of Scott, Kevin and the late Gail, special gran of Ewan and Callum, loving great-grand to Jack, Rory and Struan, and mum-in-law and friend of Eileen and Wendy. Funeral service at Daldowie Crematorium East Chapel on Thursday, October 26th at 3pm, to which all family and friends are respectfully invited. Breslin, Tom It is with great sadness that the passing of Tom Breslin of Lindsay and Kirkintillock is announced. Tom died peacefully at home with his beloved wife, Teresa, and his children John, Patricia, Kathleen and Caroline at his side. 
Tom was a much-loved husband, father, brother, brother-in-law, uncle and granddad, to Francis, Joanna, Tom, Blair, Callum, Brogan, Campbell, Kyla, Sean and Caris. A former physics teacher, Tom was also assistant head teacher at St Ninian's, Kirkintilloch, and head teacher of St Leonard's, Easter House and Turnbull High School, Bishop Briggs. Funeral service Saturday, October 28th, 10am at Holy Family and St Ninian's Church, Kirkintilloch, and then to the Old Isle Cemetery. Family flowers only, please. Donationed, if desired, to Leukaemia Research and Fraserburgh Lifeboats. In memoriam, Grant Marlene. In loving memory of Marlene, who passed away on October the 23rd, 2011. Love and miss you always, Willie, Jackie and Barry. Household waste now going in the right direction. New figures show that in 2022, Scotland generated the lowest amount of household waste since 2011. Scottish Environment Protection Agency, SEPA, statisticians published official statistics which provided details of household waste collected across all local authorities during 2022, as well as waste landfilled and incinerated in Scotland. The figures have recovered after 2020 and 2021, impacted by restrictions imposed due to COVID-19. Scottish households generated the equivalent of 0.43 tonnes of waste per person in 2022, with 0.19 tonnes recycled, 0.11 tonnes sent to landfill and 0.14 tonnes diverted through other means, such as incineration. The total household waste generated was 2.33 million tonnes, a decrease of 148,000 tonnes, 6% from 2021. Of this, 43.3 was recycled, 0.3 percentage point increase from 2021. The recycling figures includes recycling and reuse 657,000 tonnes and composting 355,000 tonnes. David Harley, SEPA's Circular Economic Interim Chief Officer said, Scotland is ambitious for a more circular economy where fewer resources are disposed of and much more are reused and recycled, creating a range of environmental, economic and social benefits. We've all got a role to play from making choices about resources we use to how we reuse and recycle what we dispose of. At SEPA, we are working closely with the Scottish Government, Zero Waste Scotland and Scottish Councils to help recycle quality and support Scottish waste infrastructure. These statistics are an important measure of Scotland's progress towards a circular economy. Scottish household waste landfilled in 2022 was 585,000 tonnes, a decrease of 78,000 tonnes, that is 11.7%, from 2021. 
This continues the long term, the long term downward trend with a reduction of 868,000 tonnes, 59.7% of household waste landfilled since 2011. The largest category recycled or reused in 2022 was paper and cardboard, 181,000 tonnes, 27.6%. Of the seven material categories that comprise the highest amount of waste recycled or reused, plastic waste showed the largest increase, up 3,000 tonnes, followed by textiles, an increase of 2,000 tonnes. Conservation Coins A new set of coins coming into circulation highlights the plight of threatened species which are the focus of research carried out by the Game and Wildlife Conservation Trust. The GWCT is supporting farmers, land managers and working conservationists to reverse the decline of most of the species featured. The coins will enter circulation by the end of the year, marking the new reign of King Charles III and celebrating his passion for conservation. The tenpence coin will feature Capper Cayley, Scotland's biggest grouse, which is on the brink of extinction, while the 50 pence coin will feature Atlantic salmon. In the 1970s there were 20,000 capper Cayley in Scotland, but by 1999 only 1,073 were thought to remain. Rory Kennedy, GWCT Director for Scotland, said, We're looking at 20 to 30 years before capper Cayley are likely to become extinct, in Scotland, unless conservation is stepped up. Kirk and Dillock in Bishopbrook's Herald Letters page. Let's talk. Please send your letters via email to kirkyherald at jnscotland.co.uk and write letters in the subject field. Please keep letters to a maximum of 300 words. Letters cannot be published without a name and postal address. Also include a daytime phone number if possible. We reserve the right to edit any letter. Desperate political stunt to revitalise SNP government. Sir, the economic literacy of the SNP knows no bounds. All of a sudden, Hamza Yousaf grandstands and announces an across-the-board council tax freeze for the next financial year. He doesn't warn his coalition Greens, nor does he brief COSLA or the regional councils. It is an uncosted, highly irresponsible political gesture with huge operational and costly consequences for the future delivery of frontline services to every citizen in Scotland. Imagine a privately run business declaring in October that all of our customers will have their prices frozen for the next financial year. Commercial suicide? You simply cannot decide on such a unilateral financial policy before you even know and are able to budget for future raw material suppliers and labour costs. With annual wage and salary increases currently sitting above inflation at just under 8% and no real prospect of them being less than 5% next year, Yusuf in one stroke has just cut the income and therefore budgets of local authorities by millions of pounds all as a desperate political stunt to try and revive his struggling leadership and hopelessly incompetent government. The economic and commercial literacy exhibited by Yusuf speaks volumes about his overall lack of capability. Yours etc. Gordon Presley, 
by email. Time for Joe to bid Job farewell. Sir, it was with some alarm that I watched the US President of the United States in Israel delivering his statement. I regret to say is that it seems clear Joe Biden is finding it harder and harder to deliver his messages in a clear and coherent manner. At a time when the world faces global threats from China, Russia and a very dangerous Middle East teetering on the brink of a multi-nation war, the West needs energetic and coherent leadership from the USA. It is absolutely time the powers that be in the USA must advise Biden that it is not an option to stand for the presidency again. However, I do appreciate the worrying alternative of Trump presidency. The US must look long and hard as to what sort of leader will guide them from November 2024. Yours, etc. Richard Allison, Address Supplied. Our storms but foreign names? Sir, I don't know how storms such as Babbitt are named, but the input seems to be largely of Irish and Dutch origin, despite the Mace Office having a say. This has led to the first storm of the year being called Agnes. The next one will be called Kieran. Others will include Erin, Olga and Piet. Call me Insula, but how many of these names relate to Blighty? Where is Gertie, Bess or Mingus, for example? Our storm should have our names. Doddy, Effie, Fred, Harry, etc. Or Bob for the recent one. And later on, Grant Fuckett. Yours, etc. Andrew H.N. Gray by email. Going way of liberals. We are seeing an equivalent of the fate of the Liberal Party after World War I. Once, they were the only viable alternative to the Tories in the UK. In recent years, the SNP has seemed to be the only alternative to Labour in Scottish terms. However, just as scandal and the emergence of a more socialist alternative in the shape of Labour consigned the Liberals to near extinction, the reinvented Labour Party in Scotland is presiding over the erasure of the SNP. Why vote for a purely Scottish leftist party that achieves nothing when you could elect the next UK government and really achieve change? When a party's message is seen to be unachievable and its aims pointless, that party soon disappears. The SNP's mixed messages and the likes of oil have thoroughly confused and alienated Scottish voters. Their bold policies soon hit reality buffers and even their most skilled operator, Nicola Sturgeon, was shown to have feet of clay. Under the SNP, Scotland has become a high-taxed, low-achievement black spot. Entrepreneurs avoid setting up companies in Scotland as it is seen as hating exceptionalism and talent. This thinking also applies to a particular to their weird bedfellows, the Greens. Scotland gets the politicians it deserves and as long as we keep voting in the SNP we will get nowhere and achieve no prosperity. Yours etc. Peter Hopkins by email. £200,000 support for female veterans. Vital research from Robert Gordon University, RGU has helped lead to the creation of a new government fund which will support female veterans who have suffered sexual trauma while serving in the military. Three independent reports commissioned by the Cabinet Office's Office for Veterans Affairs, OVA, 
investigated how investigated how both the government and charities can improve access to care for female veterans. A £200,000 fund has now been established following recommendations laid out by RGU, Angela Ruskin University and Combat Stress, which will support the rollout of dedicated training and guidance for frontline staff to support women veteran survivors of sexual trauma across healthcare services, military and civilian charities. Led by Professor Zoe Morrison at Aberdeen Business School, RGUs specifically investigated the barriers and opportunities for female veterans in accessing service charities by engaging with female veterans and support services across the country. Zoe Morrison, Professor of Organisational Behaviour and Change, said, Our research included taking, talking to a range of professionals working to support the veteran community to better understand the barriers and enablers to accessing service charities for female veterans. Not only are women a minority within our armed forces, their terms of service were different until the very recently, which raises the possibility of consequentially different support needs as veterans. Our findings demonstrate the importance of improving inclusive approaches to service provision, with a high quality, accessible and, in some cases, female-specific services needed in safe and accessible environments where women feel valued as veterans. The research has been the culmination of a 12-month study and is a key example of RDU's strategic aim to successfully undertake collaborative and interdisciplinary research which creates societal benefit. Sarah Atherton MP, Women Veteran Strategy Chairwoman, said, These reports improve our evidence base and deepen our understanding of the unique experiences of women veterans. The upcoming Women Veterans Strategy is an exciting opportunity to recognise the experiences of women veterans and ensure that we have effective and tailored support to address their needs. The three reports fulfil part of the government's Veterans Strategy Action Plan to recognise and champion the contribution of women to the armed forces. Right Honourable Johnny Mercer MP, Ministers for Veterans Affairs, said It's important that we better understand women veterans' health and welfare needs. The upcoming Women Veterans Strategy will make sure that women veterans have access to support which addresses their unique needs and experiences. Based in Aberdeen, RGU's mission is to transform people and communities. Support is available to help gamblers. GamblerAware has released interactive maps showing gambling harms at a local authority and parliamentary constituency level across Great Britain. Scotland has lower levels of people experiencing problems with their gambling who access treatment, support or advice, with a figure of 17% recorded compared to the average across the country of 21%. The five local areas in Scotland with the highest estimated rates of gambling problems are Glasgow, Dundee, North Lanarkshire, Aberdeen and Edinburgh. GamblerAware also found that 60.5% of people in Scotland have participated in gambling in 2022, equivalent to over 2.7 million adults. Zoe Osmond, Gambler Aware Chief Executive, said, We're concerned to see that fewer people are accessing treatment and support in Scotland. We've published these maps and data to provide information to help address our treatment and support needs in local communities. Some people may not have reached out for help, 
because they are unsure of where to find it, but anyone concerned about their gambling or that of a loved one can search GamblerAware for free confidential advice. The National Gambling Helpline is available on 0808-8020-133 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The data has been released following the launch of a government consultation on a statutory gambling levy. Look out for hedgehogs on November the 5th. The British Hedgehog Preservation Society, BHPS, has issued top tips on how best to reduce the risk of harming hedgehogs this bonfire night. As many people gear up for bonfire and fireworks season, it's vital to remember wildlife. Faye Vass, BHPS Chief Executive, said, A bonfire pile looks like a five-star hotel to a hedgehog seeking a safe and cosy winter home to hibernate in. They aren't to know we plan to set light to it. Taking just a few extra minutes to check for wildlife really does make a difference and helps save the lives of hedgehogs, other wildlife and pets. BHPS is a three-step plan to ensure the safety of hedgehogs on bonfire night. Move the materials to clear ground on the day they're to be lit. Check the pile carefully just before striking that match and offer an escape route by only lighting from one side, giving anything hidden in the heat one final chance to escape. Faye added, It's vital that all three steps are carried out to give hedgehogs the best possible chance to escape the dangers of a lit bonfire. Hedgehogs tend to hide in the centre and bottom two feet of the bonfire, which should be checked by gently lifting the bonfire section by section with a pole or broom. Never use a spade or fork as these can stab them. Using a torch will help to see any signs of life and listen for a huffing sound which is the noise hedgehogs make when disturbed. The British Hedgehog Preservation Society, BHPS, is a registered charity founded in 1982. Please be aware of scammers. Self-assessment customers are being urged to be on the lookout for scam texts, emails and phone calls from fraudsters. The warning comes as HM Revenue and Customs, HMRC, received more than 130,000 reports about tax scams in the 12 months to September this year, of which 58,000 were offering fake tax rebates. With around 12 million people expected to submit a self-assessment tax return for the 2022-2023 tax year before the deadline on January 31st, 2024, fraudsters will prey on customers by impersonating HMRC. The scams take different approaches. Some offer a rebate, others tell customers that they need to update their tax details or threaten immediate arrest for tax evasion. Myrtle Lloyd, HMRC's Customer Services Director, said, HMRC is reminding customers to be wary of approaches by fraudsters in the run-up to the self-assessment deadline. Criminals are great pretenders who try and dupe people by sending emails, phone calls and texts which mimic government messages to make them appear authentic. Unexpected contacts like these should set alarm bells ringing, so take your time and check HMRC scams advice on the government website. Customers can report any suspicious communications to HMRC. Forward suspicious texts claiming to be from HMRC 
Lammermoor Road, Kirkintilloch, G66 2AB, Home Church, Kirkintilloch, Home Church East End, Carmyle, G32 8DP, and online, a church for all ages. In all your ways acknowledge him, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6, Sunday, October the 29th, 9.30am, Communion, 10am, Prayer Meeting, followed by Refreshments, 11am to 12.30pm, Worship Service, Children's Church and Creche, followed by Refreshments, a warm welcome awaits you, Home Church, Carmyle, 10am and 6.30pm, Minibus leaves Home Church at 5.45pm for the evening service, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Bible studies and discussion groups in person and on Zoom. Wednesdays, Mothers and Babies, 10 to 11.30am. Home groups, various. 7.15pm, Fridays. Craft and coffee. 10am to noon, open to the community. Youth fellowship. 7.30 to 9pm, a varied programme. Home radio available every day. See Facebook, Instagram and Home Church website for the latest information. Church of God At Regent Hall, Regent Street, every Wednesday our coffee corner is open from noon to 2pm for home baking and coffee. Join our friends and neighbours for a chat over coffee. On Sunday, there will be a Zoom service at 6.30pm. The speaker will be Dr. Carl Smith. A warm invitation to everyone who is able to join us on Zoom. Access details for the stream can be obtained by emailing hello at regenthall.org. For up-to-date and further information on our services, visit our website on www.regenthall.org. The Bible says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us is turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid upon him, Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 Springfield, Cambridge Morning worship on Sunday, October the 29th will be conducting by Reverend Ian Taylor, assisted by our probationer, Mrs Julie Harty, in the sanctuary at 11am. The Sunday school will meet in room 2. Tea and coffee will be served in the Cameron Hall after morning worship. Come along and enjoy the fellowship. No collection is taken during the service, so donations can be made by placing them in the offering plates in the hall of fellowship as you enter or leave the building. Morning worship is also being live-streamed on the Springfield Cambridge Church YouTube channel. A link to this can be found on the Springfield Cambridge Church website, www springfieldcambridge.org.uk and Facebook page where up-to-date information about events and church organisations can also be found. There will be a vestry hour on Wednesday, October the 25th from 10am to 11am for anyone who would like to speak with the minister. There will be a short weekly service of worship in the Springfield Chapel on Wednesday, October the 25th from 11.10 to 11.30am followed by tea and coffee in the halls of fellowship. Christmas cards for the Lodging House Mission will be on sale in the Hall of Fellowship from Sunday, October the 29th. 
Monetary donations will also be gratefully received to help offset the cost of providing meals. Springfield Cambridge Ferris Festival Chorus Junior Chorus on Sunday, October the 29th from 12.30 to 1.30pm. Come along and join the fun. Boys and girls aged 7 to 13 are all welcome. No addition required and no fee. Please register your interest in advance with Catherine Taylor at Catherine J. Taylor at btinternet.com Torrance Parish Church The morning service, in person, is at 10.30am, conducted by Reverend Stuart Irwin. During the service, the youngsters meet together in the creche, junior church and FORG. To join the service online, click Cafe is open every Wednesday 9am to noon for teas and coffee and delicious home baking. Why not come and taste for yourself? The Girls Brigade meets on Wednesdays 6.15 to 8.15pm, P1 to S6. And the Boys Brigade meets on Thursdays 7 to 9pm, P7 to S6. To find out about regular weekly activities, check the website for what's on at www.tpc.com. .org.uk Kenmuir Parish Church This Sunday, our service will include the sacrament of baptism that will be conducted by your Assistant Minister, Reverend Kay Gardiner. Visitors for the baptism or just to the area can expect a warm welcome when they come to our Sunday morning worship that begins at 11am. Teas and coffees and a time of fellowship follows the end of the service. Our services are live-streamed on YouTube. You can find our channel by simply searching for Kemuir Bishop Briggs on YouTube. Details of all of our groups that are currently running may be found on our website, kemuir-church.co.uk. To find us on Facebook, just search for Kemuir Parish Church. If you would like to join our WhatsApp group or receive the Bible studies from ABC, then email us at kemuirchurch.co.uk at sign icloud.com Lenzie Union Parish Church Sunday Worship on Sunday at 11am read by Reverend Dan Carmichael This includes Boys Brigade and Girls Brigade Parade and Dedication Service There is tea and coffee in the new hall after the service Young people are also welcome to Lighthouse and Bible Class A live stream of the service is available on YouTube via our website the meeting place opens for tea and coffee and home baking every Wednesday 10am to noon in the New Hall. Everyone, from the very young to the young at heart, is welcome to attend. We also have a good selection of goodies cards and second-hand books for sale. Youth Cafe, Thursdays 3.45pm to 5pm, a place where young people can hang out, relax and have a good time after a long day at school. Each week there is a free snack. With lots of different things to do, such as games consoles, table tennis, arts and crafts, board games and more, all welcome. The coffee pot is open on Fridays 10am until noon in the new hall for teas, coffee and chat. Craft Cafe on Tuesday, October 31st from 2pm to 4pm in the new hall. We will be stitching squares to make blankets for the lodging house mission. Cadder Parish Church 
We look forward to welcoming you to this coming Sunday to our morning service, which is at 10.30am in Cadder Parish Church. The service will be led by Reverend John McGregor and Probationer Minister Chris Gordon and Javi Jose Malo, MMUS. All are welcome. Children meet in the church at 10.30am and then go to the hall for their activities. Tea and coffee served after the service. Food bank. If you wish to donate to the local food bank, you can bring donations of food to the church or the coffee shop. Early Fellowship meets in the South Hall Chapel at 9.30am on Thursday for half an hour with Reverend John McGregor and also available on Tuesday and Thursday on Zoom. For further details, contact the minister. Our coffee shop is open Tuesday to Thursday 10am to 2pm and Friday 10am to noon. 92nd Glasgow Company, The Girls Brigade, Tuesdays Explorers P1 to P3, 6.15 to 7.30pm. Juniors, P4 to P7, 6.30 to 8pm. Brigaders, S1 to S6, 7.30 to 9pm. 212th Boys Brigade Anchor Boys, P1 to 3, Monday 6 to 7pm. Junior Section, P4 to 6, Monday 7.15 to 8.30pm. Company slash Senior Section, P7 to S6, Friday 7 to 9pm. 25th of October, District News, General. Grace is in her golden years. Meet Grace, a gentle 15-year-old staffy, whose golden years have brought out her sweet and lovable nature. She is in search of a quiet home where she can enjoy her retirement. Partially deaf and easily startled, Grace would thrive in an environment with routine and predictability. Her ideal home would feature an enclosed garden with minimal stairs. Although she could live with children aged 12 and over, she dreams of being a sole pet. Grace is currently with foster carers who say she is a true joy to have around. She enjoys short walks but prefers to potter around in the garden. If you think you could provide the right home for Grace, contact the West Calder Rehoming Centre on 01506 873 459. Westminster View We Have to Invest in the NHS by Amy Callaghan MP We have lost thousands of frontline staff in nursing and in direct social care because of Brexit and an immovable visa system and immigration system from Westminster. Not my words, but those of Dr McCaskill, Chief Executive of Scottish Care, at the debate night earlier this year. This is one clear example of the impact Westminster policies have on Scotland's health and social care, and this is not the only one. With Scottish budgets fixed by Westminster, our public services are vulnerable to the whims of the UK government. If Westminster decides to invest in health down south, we receive extra funding for Scotland. But the reverse is also true. A stark reality of being part in an unequal union. It's all the more remarkable that the Scottish Government has maintained record investment in our NHS. We spend 10% more per person in health than the Tory Government at Westminster. We have the highest number of GPs per head than anywhere in the UK. We have the most nurses. We have the best performing core and A&E services. 
free prescriptions and free dental care for everyone under the age of 26. Our Scottish Government achieves all of this despite health spending in Westminster lagging far behind our European neighbours. This is not sustainable and it's getting harder for our NHS during the Tory cost of living crisis. Combine that with Brexit and you truly have a disaster. The UK government's inability to get a grip on inflation is stretching the resources for health and social care in Scotland. The UK minister's unwillingness to act to control energy prices is causing additional costs for our health service. Sadly, none of the Westminster parties offer a clear plan to improve health and social care. Labour is content to allow Tory-style privatisation and underfunding and it's anyone's guess where the Lib Dems stand. What's certain is, none of the major Westminster parties support rejoining the EU, which is essential for too many reasons to list, but none more vital than gaining vital staff for our NHS. I plan to use my position as the SNP Westminster Health Spokesperson to call for a properly staffed National Health Service. Our public services should be supported, staff should be valued, and confidence in the services provided should be maintained. Horticultural Society The next meeting will take place in Enterprise House on Thursday, October 19th from 7.30pm to 9.30pm when Bob Robertson, a cream grown of begonias and other indoor plants will be giving a talk on hydroponics. This is a type of horticulture which involves growing plants without soil by using water-based mineral solutions and can be carried out all year long Potential new members will be made welcome on the night or for more details about the society please contact Paul Malcolm on 0141 578 1520 or visit our website www.kirkintilhorte.org.uk That's www.kirkintilhorte.org h-o-r-t-i dot o-r-g dot u-k Out of Town Mulgai Music Club November and December concert features The Cult of Corelli with Marie Lawson, soprano Mickey Takahishi, violin Christopher Suckling, baroque cello Jan Waterfield, harpsichord Four of Britain's leading interpreters of Baroque music come together at Mulgai Music Club's next concert in Cairns Hall on Friday, November the 10th to celebrate the glorious music of the early 18th century composer Arcangelo Colleghi. Corelli's cult-like popularity across Europe made him a musical hero to younger composers like Handel and his music, especially his brilliant violin pieces, was incredibly influential. Led by Bearsden-raised cellist Christopher Suckling, now a senior professor at London's Guildhall School of Music, the ensemble explores how Corelli's music inspired Handel and a host of other composers. With celebrated Scottish soprano Marie Lawson, the programme also features some stunning vocal music of the period and traces Corelli's influences all the way back to Scotland, where his infectious Italian style mingled with the songs and dance tunes from the folk tradition. The club's event on Friday, December the 1st is entitled Musical Cheers and is a heartwarming seasonal celebration, a pre-Christmas party with tasty snacks and drinks. 
Hosted by the Music Hub, the club's highly successful new venture for amateur musicians, this informal evening is described as a musical mystery tour, unfolding through Cairns Church buildings with plenty of music, including some surprise musical guests, a quiz, and a chance to meet friends. Tickets and further information about both events are available from the club's website, www.mogaimusic.org. Tickets can also be bought in person from the Honeybee Cafe, Station Road and at the venue on the night. World Polio Day Celebration A celebration of World Polio Day is planned at Hillhead Community Centre, where members and volunteers of Grace and Kirkenthal Rotary Club will come together to plant 2,000 purple crocus bulbs. Every child requires at least three inoculations in their lifetime, up to the age of 14 years, to protect them from this crippling, sometimes fatal disease. With 400 million babies born already this year, the cost is astronomical, but is made affordable through fundraising by Rotary International and local Rotary Clubs, acting in conjunction with UNESCO and the Gates Foundation to raise these sums. On October the 24th, crocuses will be planted at the Tranquility Garden at Hillhead. Sport Joining Rob Roy was no-brainer. Former Motherwell and former athletic defender Yusuf Hussein is looking to enjoy his football again after signing for Kirk and Tullough Rob Roy. Hussein made his debut in the recent win at Halford in the third round of the South Region Challenge Cup. Prior to stepping onto the Blair Park pitch, he'd been out of the game since January, when his deal at Station Park was cancelled by mutual consent. During his time at Station Park, the left-sided centre-back would make a total of 14 appearances for the League 2 outfit. He had previously made 13 appearances at the same level for Brecon City, before they dropped into the Highland League, and turned out three times in cup competitions for Motherwell B as a teenager. The 22-year-old told the club's media team that joining Kevin McGoldrick's side was a no-brainer. He said, The gaffer was big on me coming here, and it has been good so far, so I'm looking to enjoy my football again. I got to train with the first team a lot at Motherwell, then got games at Brecon City on loan, and Forfar was good as well, but I've been out of the game for quite a while. When the gaffer texted me, it was really a no-brainer to come here. I just want to play games and show what I can do. McGoldrick previously warned his players that if performances didn't pick up, changes would be made. Having been after Hussein for some time, he was delighted to finally get his man in. McGoldrick said, We're over the moon to get Yusuf after chasing him for a wee while. Obviously, when you're looking to bring in a new player, you need to make sure that he's better than what we've already got. I think we have already seen that. Yusuf wasn't at Motherwell full-time, then moved on to Forfar because he is a bad player. He's just looking out for opportunities, and thankfully he is at Rob Roy. Former sides played tribute to late keeper. Petershill hosted Kirkendall of Rob Roy last week for a friendly in memory of former goalkeeper Brian McNeil, who played for both clubs. Known to many as Big Dusty, McNeil passed away suddenly in May and all proceeds from the game, which totaled £370, were donated to Men Matter Scotland. The charity provides a positive support network aimed at both preventing and responding to mental health crises and suicide.
After his playing days, McNeil became a goalkeeping coach at Peters Hill before joining Rob Roy and, at the time of his death, was working at Pollock. It was Rob Roy who would lift the inaugural Brian McNeil Memorial Trophy, following a 2-1 win in what was described as a fantastic tribute to a wonderful man. For more information about the charity, visit www.menmatterscotland.org That's www.menmatterscotland.org Speedway Owner pays tribute as Brennan departs. Glasgow Tigers co-owner Peter Fachena paid tribute to Tom Brennan as it was confirmed the 22-year-old will not be returning for the 2024 season. The young Great Britain star departs Ashfield having helped Tigers win the championship title with two excellent performances against Poole Pirates. Brennan had initially intimated that he was unsure about continuing in the championship for next season so the club has decided to carry on with it with him but has left the door open for a return in the future. Fasena said, Tom has been a pleasure to deal with over the past two and a half years. It's been great to work with him and his team. He has made history at the club and the fans and management will never forget that. I'm sure he will go on to bigger and better things and hopefully one day he will be back in the red and white stripes. Brennan headed north of the border midway through the 2021 season after his previous club Eastbourne closed and Ulrich Ostergaard was ruled out for the campaign through injury. He would go on to reach two grand finals, a playoff semi-final and the BSN final during his time in Scotland, with also see him turn out for Premiership side Bellevue Aces. He said, I'd just like to say a massive thank you to Glasgow Tigers Speedway and fans for supporting me throughout my time with the club in what has been a difficult time at points both on and off the track. I have great memories with the club. Obviously the standout being winning the championship last week with a great group of lads as teammates. Thank you to everyone involved again and good luck for the future. Fasena revealed the club is wasting no time in assembling a team ready to defend the championship title. He added, There's little doubt that team building is far more challenging this winter. We wanted the standard in the championship to remain the same, but that won't be the case. It will almost be, be almost impossible to have three heat leaders in a properly balanced team. Nonetheless, we are in the process of building a side ready to defend, defend the championship title. Football City fall further behind in league. Glasgow City fell further behind in the title race at the weekend after their match against Montrose was cancelled. It was one of the three Scottish Women Premier League 1 matches postponed because of Storm Babby. And that gave Rangers the chance to hit the top of the tar- table with a 2-1 win over fierce rivals, Celtic. It was a result that ended Celtic's 100% start to the season and pulled the blue half of the old firm six points clear of City. Rangers sit aloft on 31 points, with Celtic second on 30 and City in third on 25 points with a game in hand. The league will now pause for an international break, which sees Scotland's women take on Holland in a double header. 
First, on Friday, October the 27th, they will travel to take on the Dutch in an important Nations League match before the return fixture next Tuesday, October 31st. City's Lauren Davidson and Lee Gibson feature in the squad for those matches, which could determine Scotland's future in the competition. Having secured just a point during their last international break, a draw with Belgium at Hamden, having lost to England just days before, Scotland sit bottom of the table with just one point. Belgium top the group with four points, just one ahead of the Dutch, who will prove difficult opponents having run out victors against England, 2-1 in Utrecht last time out. When they return to league action on November the 5th, City will be hoping for an explosive performance away to Hearts, who thumped Motherwell 5-1 on Sunday past. That concludes this week's edition of the Kirkendall's Herald podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our channels at Tune Review and to tell your friends about our service.